Hello everybody, and I'm back, I'm back, this is Ray Gelato, uh, I've been away the whole summer, and this is the first podcast I've done in uh, quite a while, it's probably a month now, but you know what, as I say, always good to take a break from something, and I just want to thank you all for your lovely feedback, I've had another couple of nice reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts, which is always uh, very nice to hear that, uh, what I'm doing, people enjoy, but um, as I've just said to you, I'm touring, uh, I've just come back from tour, rather, and I'm sitting here in Gelato Towers, sweltering. It's a burning hot day today. It's a beautiful day, but it's absolutely burning hot. I tried to do this podcast in the garden, and there was cats fighting, squirrels eating nuts, <laughs> someone mowing a lawn. So uh, I gave up the, the uh, ghost on that one and uh, decided to do it. So I'm actually doing this in Gelato Towers, live from my son's bedroom, which is the only space I've got in this house. Because as you know, Gelato's parlor is a highly professional. It's got a team of editors and a team of uh, people running this, uh, which is a lot of old bollocks because no, it's just me. <laughs> and that's why you like it. Because what I, I'm trying to offer is a bit of reality. Um, now, I did mention that I've been on tour uh, the whole summer, or rather we've been on tour, uh, me and the lads, the Ray Gelato Giants, and we've had an absolutely incredible time. Um, just a brief resume, we, were, uh, we did a few UK gigs, and then we did a, a spectacular Umbria Jazz, and I think that's about our 10th time we've done it. Uh, last time was in 2016, and then numerous times before that, starting in 1999. And uh, Umbria Jazz is held in the uh, little hilltop town of Perugia, and it's absolutely gorgeous. It's one of the nicest places you could ever play. Um, you're staying in a hotel in the centre of town, and there's a fantastic artists on. Some of the artists on the main arena were Diana Crawl. Uh, I believe Chick Corea this, this uh, was on um, this time, and uh, we were playing uh, in a place called the Piazza Novembra, which is uh, one of the big piazzas in town. And you you just look out there, man, and you, we're playing to thousands of people who are enjoying the music, and we didn't have a duff gig. We actually did 14 shows in uh, 10 days, and the uh, me and the lads absolutely en enjoyed it. Uh, I've, I've got such a great band at the moment, and I'm so proud of these guys. I'll just name-check them, uh, because I always find that, you know, I'm the one people mention Ray Gelato and all this, but I'm proud to stand in front of these fantastic musicians. On the front line, we've got a, a great saxophone player called uh, Mr. Oliver Wilby, who's an incredible sax player, and we do a lot of... Uh, Lovely saxophone uh, features together. Trumpet, there's a long-term member of the band. It's been there for nearly 20 years. Mr. Danny Rocky Marsden on trombone. Uh, Mr. Andy Rapid Tongue Rogers. Andy also is probably uh, is nearly topping 20 years now. Uh, on the piano, the ever-reliable and uh, genius Mr. Gunter Kurmeyer. He's been with us for about 15 years. Uh, wonderful piano player and great guy from Linz in Austria. From Barcelona, we've got Mr. Manuel Alvarez. Uh, he, uh, Manuel's probably done the band for about six or seven years. And last but not least, we've got the highly talented uh, rocking in there at 28 years old. And we're all proud of this guy because he's in demand with everybody from Nigel Kennedy to all the great people, Beverly Knight. And uh, he can do anything and play anything. Mr. Ed Richardson, Roddy Richardson. So this is the team I've had with me this summer. And uh, there's seven of us on the road. Uh, usually there's uh, sometimes there's eight when we take Miles Ashton, who's the uh, head sound guy at Ronnie Scott's, who's a fantastic guy. And um, obviously when he's not there, I miss him very much because uh, it's kind of, you know, we, we waste a lot of time with sound checks. It's, but it's a luxury to have your own sound guy, <clears throat> excuse me, 
bit of a dry throat with this weather and uh you, you know it's very very expensive to tour a band but anyway so we played at umbria jazz and uh we sold a lot of albums it was a uh, and it's a, it is our 25th anniversary this year although none of those guys i've just mentioned have been there for 25 years at the rage of giants but the concept's been around for around that amount of time and it's nice to know that at nearly 58 years old jam i've still got the energy to blow the saxophone and sing and perform and um i'm carried along on a wave of uh of Real love from the audience and fantastic vibe from the guys I'm working with. So God bless them. It's, it's a fantastic time really to be away. Um, so we did Umbria Jazz 10 days, which was fantastic. Then I was back for a week and uh, I caught a shocking virus, a terrible summer cold. And I think I caught it on the, the tube, which my local line is the Piccadilly line, which um, on, on I traveled there like, uh, on one of the hottest days of the year. In fact, it was the hottest day in, uh, in uh, late July. And it was burning hot, man. It was like an oven. As soon as I got off that train, I didn't feel good. And then a week, uh, I had a week just to rest. And I was laid up with a worse summer flu. I think I've had coughing and spluttering. I thought, how the hell am I going to get out? Because we had another four days touring Italy, one-nighters, which included, uh, you know, internal flights, four, five, six-hour bus journeys. And this, and I had to be on top form. And I really didn't feel it. But, uh, you know, th th this really, this podcast is, is about touring and the life of a, 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 the reality of the music world, not what people see on X Factor and not what people see on the, the TV programs, but it's the reality and the reality is tough. And somebody like me, because I'm front in the band, I can't take time off. And if I'm sick, <laughs> I've got to continue to do it. But the good thing is we call it Dr. Jazz kicks in and I felt terrible in this beginning. And so I did Umbria Jazz, finished that at a week of this virus. Got on the uh, got up the crack of dawn to go to Italy, uh, two flights because we uh, we always basically you know you, you have to get the the reasonably cheap flights, uh, especially as the Italians, God bless them, they book everything last minute, so <laughs> we're left with the kind of crap flights basically. So I'm doing this feeling like death. But the funny thing is, when I hit the stage that night in a t town called Ercolano, uh, just in in a, a suburb of Naples, I felt great. And I didn't feel ill the whole trip. I had a bad cough, which lasted for about a month. But doing the whole tour, uh, really, I felt terrific. Um, it seems like all the, all the sickness and the virus uh, uh, kind of went away. Um, however, it did resurface when I finished. Like when your body relaxes, you, 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 uh, you, know, you kind of uh, get sick again. But um, we had a great trip. But, I, but basically, I want to talk about, I've just sort of rambled on a little bit about Umbria jazz and all this kind of thing and uh, this Italian tour. But... The reality of the touring musician is it's not an easy one. As much as it's great when you go on stage, you know, like I said, with the Italian gig, four days on the road, you have an internal f flight to get to uh, Naples. So you, you you up the crack of dawn, do two flights. Now, what people don't realise with two flights are um, the airlines are getting more and more difficult for musicians. They're getting more and more uh, ridiculous rules. And, you know, you're trying to book a flight now for seven uh, guys or eight guys in a band. And it's becoming near enough impossible. Well, point one, there's no cheap flights anymore because they're charging for everything. They're charging you to, you, 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 you fart, excuse my French, and they'll charge you. They're charging for handbags. They're charging for luggage, everything. So everybody, of course, has different needs. So a couple of the guys might need a, a carry-on bag. A couple might need this. So you've got to do all this ridiculous, time-consuming and confusing administration work. Whereas, you know, years ago, in the good old days, I've done this a long time, 
you'd book a bloody flight and you'd get your bag in the hold paid for and you could take a reasonable size bag or your instrument aboard and there'd be no problem and you'd book the flight. That was it. Now you've got to go through all these hoops and all these kind of rings of fire to try to make sure it's right. And if it's not, you've done something wrong with a book and you haven't booked a bag, they'll charge you double at the airport. And it's an expensive, time-consuming, and very frustrating business. And I can say this to you because you're my mates, and you, you know, you understand. When the people listening to this are, are, will understand, well, I hope so. That uh, you know, the airlines are, are, are I, I can't really say the word because the podcast won't be used. But I, I really hate them because they've all gotten difficult. Even the bigger carriers, who you'd expect to be a bit better. I mean, we actually flew the internal flight with Lufthansa. And uh, they were, they were, they, we, uh, our sax player, Ollie, who I mentioned earlier, was treated in an appalling manner. He was made to put his saxophone in the hold where it fits perfectly and there was room in the overheads. And, and to Lufthansa's credit, in a way, the captain and the staff couldn't be more helpful. They were appalled by what had happened. They actually said, well, it could, it could go aboard. We could have found space for it. It fits in the overhead locker. The, the philosophy is if it fits in the locker, it should be, um, it should be fine to go on. Because, you know, we're trying to work. We're paying our taxes when we get back to this country. And I consider we, 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 we should be treated reasonably well, especially if it fits. We're not taking the mickey and bringing snowboarding equipment and that kind of thing. It, it's a small saxophone that can fit in. Anyway, this uh, person made such a fuss, and, and apparently she was appalling, appallingly aggressive um, and rude to, to uh, Ollie. We were appalled, and even when we spoke, the captain himself got, got made sure that the instrument was off when we arrived in uh, Munich. So at least he had the flight for the, the instrument for the internal flight to, to Naples, which was good. But, but it's basically, without rambling too much, this is the sort of stuff you go through. You, you, you go and you do the gig and um, that kind of thing, and it's, it's, it's late. And, uh, you know, you're doing a three, four, five-hour bus journey in between the, 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 the trips. And on one of the Italian gigs, we had an internal flight and then another bus journey, and nothing's near. You know, it's all pretty far away. So... You are arriving, or one is arriving on these gigs, pretty tired and pretty knackered. But um, you know, you hit the stage and it's all it's all lovely. But then afterwards, you see, the lads got to have a beer and whatever. And I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm left to to, I want to try to sell some albums and meet the people. So, you meet the fans now, you sign the albums and whatever. It's a great way of of, of selling stuff. So I'm sitting there on my table with some people from the organisation that are sort of taking care of me, and uh, I'm knackered. I've been working in the heat. I've been travelling. But everybody wants a photograph now. It's all the selfies with the camera phones. Ray, Ray, good selfie, good selfie. Now, you could be thinking, oh, look, listen to this arrogant guy. But, but, but I'm not. I really want to give the people my time and enjoy it. But sometimes it gets one selfie too many, especially when you're tired. And people don't understand if you're tired. I think they'll, I guess when I saw my heroes when I was younger, I'd look at them and think, didn't really put that two and two together. To me, they were just there to entertain you, which is the truth. And that's what people pay for. But... We are human and we get knackered. But um, when I, 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 and you know, I always do try to give the fans, and we have some lovely fans, they're all lovely people. I try to give them time at time of day and, uh, and sign the stuff and meet the, their kids or whatever. And it, it's, a, it's a lovely thing. But sometimes the selfie thing gets a bit too much, especially when you're sweaty, you've just come off the stage and people are pouring you for these selfies. And I, I kind of find the selfie culture a bit of a pain in the ass, to be honest. If people want to take a picture, they can take it. But the actual selfie thing's a little bit intrusive on your space. But anyway, I'm probably not the first person to say that, and I am very grateful people want a selfie with me. Uh, the time to worry, I guess, is when they don't. But um, just, I don't like to keep these 
podcast too long and this is the first one I've done for quite a while uh, and I might be I might call it a touring um, the good the bad and the ugly because I want to bring it all, all to you but um, so finally we get back from Italy and we have merely a couple of days and we're going to Bulgaria to uh, the Bansko Jazz Festival and I'll just tell you about that quickly before I go uh, this is the day in the life of a, a touring musician so I was up that morning and me and the lads were probably up around the same time we all live all over London but I was up that morning at four o'clock. I had to get a cab at five to the airport because the flight was at uh, just before eight. When I get there, so you do the flight, it's a BA flight, and it was actually all right. They let the instruments on, it was all right, but you're tired. And this is, I was tired at the end of the tour as well for one year in Italy and putting the energy which I do behind the show. And me and the lads were quite tired, but we're looking forward. And we're going to a place called Bansko in Bulgaria which is a, a, a mountain town, a ski resort. And it's absolutely beautiful. But we get there, get to the airport. It's a three and a half hour flight. And we get in the bus. Now, last time we played Bansko, they had a huge coach laid on for us. Um, a 12, 13 seat or whatever it was. This time, <laughs> it was the smallest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and you've got to get on it. So this driver gesticulates to us. Go, oh, 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 you know, and... Uh, we, 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 we squeeze our gear in the back of this bus, right? And we get in there and I'm sitting in the front with Gunter and we're literally, our legs are pressing on each other and it's a two and a half hour journey. So immediately I've got the ump, you know, I'm thinking, oh Christ. And it turned out there was a, there was a the, the bus was involved in a, 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 an accident or altercation in the morning and was out of service. So they had to send this one, I understand that. But it's you arrive uncomfortable. This is the day in the life. So you're up at four, uh, three and a half hour flight, two and a half hour bus journey, cramped to hell in the heat uh, with air conditioning that's kind of peeing out, if you know what I mean, not even coming out properly. And then uh, we arrive. You have literally a moment at the hotel. So I took a quick shower, meet the promoter, who's a really lovely guy, a guy called Emil, who's booked us before. He's a fantastic, you wouldn't meet a nicer guy. And... Uh, do that straight away. Uh, you've got to go to the sound check. So I manage a quick shower, go downstairs, take a coffee to wake up a bit, go to the sound check. After the sound check is a press conference. So I go to that. I don't inflict that on the lads and, and I get asked a lot of questions. That's fine. So I did a press conference for Bulgarian TV and radio. Go back to the hotel, eat. So you rush something down, which the food was great in the hotel there. Eat quickly. Go back up to my room, get changed, you know, freshen up a little bit, whatever whatever it is, do a, a quick, didn't, don't think I had time to do a warm-up. Go to the gig, wait a little bit because there's another band on, go on the stage and play for 90 minutes, and it was a spectacular gig to 6,000 people, so it was absolutely marvellous, the gig. But uh, then uh, we were participating in a little jam session. There was a jam session for the sponsors and whatever back at the nightclub in the hotel. So we get back there, that's absolutely packed. Um, we're loaded up with whiskey. The, uh, the promoter bought a load of whiskey for us, so we, we, we wanted for nothing. We joined in the jam session out of courtesy, and we quite enjoyed it. We met some great Bulgarian musicians who were the most beautiful people you'd, you'd ever meet. Really sweet, and there was a Bulgarian uh, Frank Sinatra uh, guy there that's called the Bulgarian Sinatra guy called Vasily, who's lovely, and we met a lovely singer, fantastic singer called Vesela, who was terrific, and we did some duets. Had a few scotches. I looked at my watch, right, we're talking to the guys, and I realised it was three o'clock in the morning. So we had all been up for close on 24 hours. That's the life of a tour music, close on 24 hours. 
go back to bed, can't really get a good sleep because you're, you're buzzed up, you know, whatever. Woke up in the morning, I thought to myself, why do I do this? This is like, you know, at, at nearly 58, it's, it's, a, it's getting tougher. But then I thought, we do it because we enjoy it. Because when you get on that stage, and if it's a good gig, and you've got a, a terrific band and a terrific band of brothers that we have, a lovely team of a family atmosphere, all that melts away and it becomes worth it. Everything becomes worth it, and it's absolutely worth doing, really, to spread that happiness and some good music to people. So anyway, that's my Ray Gelato podcast, Gelato's Parlor. Please continue listening, and if you like it, leave a nice uh, review on the, um, basically on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a review very easily. If you do that, that's lovely, and you can listen to this via Twitter, via Podbean, which I'm recording on. Uh, I'll put it on my Facebook and on Instagram. And thank you very, very much. And I will be doing one regularly every week now. Take care of yourselves. Goodbye. See you the next time, folks.